Greetings, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to my new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast series. We have been overwhelmed with the responses that people have shared from listening to these messages on my SiriusXM show over the years. Those listeners, and they're sharing my show with their network, telling people about it, telling their family members, their friends, and their coworkers about this show and the impact it's having on their lives. That's the main reason that this show is now number one for self-help in America, and I'm very grateful. Yet, we realize that many people do not have satellite radio and therefore could not experience for themselves the message. They could not get it for themselves. So we are now sharing these messages with everyone via this new podcast. Enjoy it and share it with your network. And let's help even more people to do more, be more, and achieve more. Tell everybody so that they can live a Wealthy Ways life as well. Welcome to the new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. And remember, your best is yet to come. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world. Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and you have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it. It's forced upon you. You can't refuse it. You didn't seek it. You didn't choose it, but it's up to you to use it. You must suffer if you lose it. Give account if you abuse it. It's just a tiny little minute, but your eternities are all wrapped up in it. And I'm grateful for this minute to be on with you one more time across America from coast to coast, border to border, as my friend Joe Madison says. And now we found out that it's even global because of those around the world who listen to this online with their... uh, their accounts, and also those now who listen to this on podcasts. So praise God. We are grateful. Now, you know, I take a moment beginning of every show to give you God's minute and then to give God a moment of gratitude and gratefulness and thankfulness. We give God glory at the beginning of this show because of what he has blessed us with. No, I'm not talking about just the fact that this show now is the number one self-help show. That's a blessing, but I'm grateful for that. But that's not the main thing. No, it's not the books and the, and the, and the videos and the TV and all the other radio programs, all the speaking. That's great. We are grateful for that. But we are grateful most of all for life and strength and health. I'm grateful for the opportunity to have another day on this planet. And look, as I tell you every week, God's gift to you is life. Your gift to God is what you do with your life. So I want you to do something extraordinary with your life. Incredible. That will be legacy making. That will leave a legacy, not just for your children or their children, but your great, 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 great grandchildren will know that you came this way by what you've done in your life. So that's my goal. And I want to give you the best and the brightest thought leaders to help you do that. I want to thank everybody who sends me notes, all of you who've sent me emails and text, I mean, uh, Twitter messages and Facebook messages saying you love this show. Some of you've shared. Please continue to do that. The businesses you've started, how you've grown your your income, your revenues, your, your opportunities, how you've grown your thinking, your finances, because that's why we do it, to help inspire and empower you. And so uh, I'm grateful. Now, many of you know now it is now available on podcasts, iHeartMedia, as well as iTunes, uh, Stitcher. We are so grateful. Tell your friends about it. And I ask when you go to and listen to the podcast, do me a favor, review the podcast. Just put some review there and then share it. Uh, it, it. It makes a world of difference when you do that and you share that. Well, you know, I have had such a blessing in my life to have some friends 
who are just incredible people, just incredible people. And today is no different. The the guest I have today, I I've known we've we we developed friendship some years ago, but I got to know firsthand uh, not long ago when I got to speak at his church and his church is in Detroit, Michigan, and he is known not for the the, the church per se. He's known for his world changing voice as a singer. He is the lead singer for the world-famous Winans family. That's right. He is Marvin Winans, the one and only Pastor Marvin Winans. Marvin Winans, I, I, don't, I, I could go in on, we'll go in a little more as, as we talk about all you've done, but man, I am grateful to have you as a friend and grateful that you're able to give us a, a few minutes of your time and on the phone. Man, you are something. Now, now uh, I gave him a little, you know, I didn't even give him the thumbnail sketch how you were the fourth of ten children of, of Dolores and David Glenn Winans and you were, who recorded it, Mom and Pop. I didn't tell that you and your brothers created the Winans group, group that went on to become world famous, to have uh, Grammy Awards, to be called by Andre Crouch as the greatest psalmist on the planet today. Uh, I didn't tell him about all of that. I didn't tell him how out of your success came BB and CC and your sisters. I didn't tell them that your uh, song, Tomorrow, uh, was the best male soul gospel performance and bring back the days of yay and nay. I didn't tell him all of that. I just told him the, just the basic stuff. Why don't you tell him a little more about Marvin Winans and where that brother came from? <laughs> well, uh, you, you've covered it pretty well uh, growing up in Detroit, uh, being the fourth child of ten children, um, and being the great-grandson of a strong man that left Mississippi to start a church in Detroit back in 1919. That church is in existence today. Uh, so the church that he founded is going to be 100 years old next year. Wow. And growing up, not, not knowing that uh, God would do this, uh, and everyone would look at you and say, wow, you know, you had this opportunity. But the truth of the matter is my father was born uh, to an unwed teenage mother. Mm. Uh, and uh, my grandmother and my grandfather never married. Uh, my grand, uh, my mother, my father, rather, was born in reproach, in, in a scandal. Yes. Uh, he was denied by his father, which was the pastor's son. Uh, and yet, growing up and being born with my mother, my grandmother's maiden name, uh, uh, at 30 years old, my father changed our name to Winans. Wow. Uh, because he did not hold a grudge. He loved his father. He loved his grandfather. And we grew up in the church. Um, and uh, through that, my father would say, because the name of our group was the Testimonial Singers, uh -huh. And uh, I, I, I created that name. And at the time, our father 
was our manager when we went out to California to sing. And Andre Crouch said, what are the testimonial singers? Y'all whining. <laughs> and my father was so delighted. You know, he was so delighted. And that's how our name was changed to the Winans. Wow. Um, and uh, the rest, I guess, is, is history. But growing up in a very strict environment, uh, we grew up in Motown when Motown was in Motown. Wow. And uh, on we lived on a street called Woodingham. Behind us was a street called Greenlawn. Stevie Wonder lived on that street. Wow. Uh, the street in front of us was was Santa Barbara, and Smokey Robinson lived on that street. The next street was Pennington, and one of the four tops lived on that. The next street was San Juan, and uh, one of the four tops lived on that. Going to school every day, I would pass Barry Gordy's house. And yet, because of our upbringing, uh, not one Motown record was was in our house. Wow. Uh, we, we grew up around it, but all we could have was gospel music. And um, and that's what we grew up singing. We grew up singing in, in the car, in the house, in the church. And that was our life. And we, we loved it. And then at the age of 11 years old, I met Jesus. Wow. Uh, and um, it... I had never had any piano lessons. My mother did. My mother played and was very accomplished as a, a pianist. Uh, but I never had that. But music was in our home. And so we would, as we would say at the time, we would make up songs. Yeah. But after I got saved, after I received the Lord Jesus as my Savior, the first song I, I wrote uh, said, God is a miracle worker. God is a glorious God. And uh, that has been uh, my testimony. That is we your watched. testimony, for sure. Because yeah. when people yeah. hear your story, the rest of the story, they're going to know <laughs> that testimony God gave you when you were 11, that testimony still today is part of your testimony, isn't it? It is. Wow. It really is. So you, so you, uh, you, you thought it as a, a family, just because you did not have the access to the secular music, you were in the in the the realms of all the big music stars. But you you became a music star in the gospel arena. How did that happen? It happened because that really it was a decision that we made. My father, uh, who was just our hero without trying to be. Before, uh, before you go there, let me make sure people know, how many of y'all was it? Ten. My mother and father had ten children. Ten children from the same mom and dad. That's and, right. And your dad, uh, was he the only one who worked at, brought in the, the bread? Oh, no. Oh, mama worked too? Had much bread. Oh, mama worked. Everybody oh, worked. Mama worked. My daddy worked two, three jobs he could never say no to a job wow uh and my mom was a medical transcriptionist and she worked when she wasn't having children and she worked two jobs you know she would moonlight uh this is the reason people say pastor you ought to take it easy I said, are you kidding uh i grew up with with working with 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 seeing work parents ethic. seeing a that, work that ethic had a uh, or you had a great work ethic and nothing was beneath them. Uh, my father worked in the factory, but he also 
learned how to cut hair. He got his license and became an entrepreneur and opened up Dave's Barbershop. Uh, then if that wasn't enough, he kept, he kept, he cared about kids. He started, uh, uh, community youth builders where he had hundreds of baseball teams and softball teams for kids in impoverished neighborhoods. He, he saw the need and he didn't wait for it to happen. He made it happen. Wow. And so that's, you know, that's the story. I could talk about how much I've done, but I've only followed the pattern. Well, you know, what I loved was when I was there and people would tell me about your father, they'd say he was always working. He was always doing something with the children or with the family. Mm-hmm. He was not he was not wasting time. He was either working no. to bring in the bread. Oh, and, and he, he would get mad at you. He said, Lord, y'all killing time. <laughs> killing you know? time. Don't kill time. <laughs> Don't kill time. He, he just saw time as so precious. If you're going to be somewhere, be on time. If you're going to, to, to work, be there on time. He was, and he lived what he preached. Wow. My father was a good friend of the late Sam Cook. Really? Uh, oh, great friend. They would come over to the house, and uh, they, his first wife was named Dolores, and my mother's name was Dolores. And, and they, my father would travel go to Chicago, and he had a group, a quartet group called the Noble Airs, and he was a teenager uh, uh, doing all of this. And so when he heard the song, You Send Me, yes. Darling, You Send Me, he uh, went to the 20 Grand, which was a big place in, in, in Detroit uh, uh, that was owned by black folks. He went to the 10, 20 Grand, and he said, tell Sam to come out. Tell him Skippy's here. That was his nickname. Wow. And Sam came out. He said, Sam. He said, I thought this was Johnny Taylor. I didn't know it was you. He said, oh, Skip, come on in. You want, <laughs> you, you want some tickets? I'll get you some tickets. He said, no. He said, I came to tell you that I got to put you down. <laughs> I got to put oh, you down. Skip, Skip said, had to put on, her down. Skip, you don't have to do that. He said, man, <laughs> as long as you were singing gospel, I was with you. Hey, man, hold that thought. Oh, hold that thought. We'll be right back. We got Marvin Winans, the one and only, on the air. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and for sure, your best is yet to come. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and if you're enjoying this information you're hearing on this podcast, I want to invite you to get even more great information on my new free gift page on my website. Go to wjspeaks.com and hit the All Access badge. On that page, you will find information and resources specifically designed to help you to have greater success. Free ebooks, music, all sorts of interesting and informational interviews for my XM show. I'm telling you, this is a great page. And why do I do it? Because I've learned that the more we give, the more we get. And the more we help other people to grow and go to the next level, the more we receive in our business. So we want to help you. Tell your friends about it. Go to Facebook and get my information. Go to my website. Get my free resources. And get on wjspeaks.com and hit that all 
access badge. It looks like a backstage pass. Click it. You'll get behind-the-scenes information to the special page to help you grow. All we want in return, all we ask, is that you pass it on. Because the more you give, the more you get. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day. If you're just joining us, we've got the one and only, the greatest psalmist singer that Andre Crouch calls on the uh, on record. The greatest song or singer that the world has seen is in the world today. But there's more to his story. And that is why I wanted to have him on here. We know he's a great singer. We know of him as the lead singer for the Winans. That's right, Marvin Winans. He's, though, not just Marvin Winans. He's Pastor Marvin Winans. He's not just Pastor Marvin Winans. He's Bishop-elect Marvin Winans. And there's a reason for that because now he has a fellowship of churches that are under his auspices. He's got churches all over the country who look to him. Many people don't know he's been pastoring for almost 30 years. Did y'all hear me? Almost 30 years. Now, y'all say, what? When they saw you on uh, giving the message at Whitney Houston's funeral, giving the eulogy, many people say, I wonder why they chose him. He's a singer. No, 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 no. He's a pastor, and his church is one of the most fastest-growing churches in America and, and definitely in Detroit. He's building a an edifice that... I went to, and I told his assistant when I left, I was in tears. I had tears down on my face because I was so inspired. I was inspired by the vision he has to change not just people in Detroit, not just people in Michigan, but to literally minister to people across the globe and use his facility, not just for his lifetime, but for years yet to come. I was, Look here, Pastor Winans, I was, I, my wife is, you, you, you got, your, your best PR person now is my wife, okay? <laughs> she is telling Lottie Dottie, she's telling Lottie Dottie and everybody, but here's what she's telling. Now, we're going to talk more about the music, but what she's telling people is this. 
my for those who don't know my wife D, and y'all know my book Make Love Make Money Make It Last. We just the book is taking off, and we talk about our marriage. If you don't have a copy, go to jollymarriage.com and get your copy or get your free chapter there, jollymarriage.com. But my wife is not a music person. Okay, she does not listen to music. She listens to talk radio, has been since I met her. She married me when I was in the music business. She married me in spite of being in the music business. And she has no <laughs> real interest in music. It just doesn't, that doesn't, do her, doesn't do nothing for her. So when she left there, she called Bishop Wine and she said, look, I don't know much about music, but I know one yeah. thing here. She said, you are a businessman extraordinaire. She looks wow, at the business, yeah. and she just has been telling people. So we're going to talk about how he built this business, because it's not just a church. He has a business empire that is just for schools and community affairs. She talked about how you are also uh, a, a, a savvy um, community activist, because you're, you're, you're telling the political leaders, you're telling, you're speaking truth to power, and you're doing it consistently. So let's talk more about, uh, you, people know you started the whinings, uh, well, let's talk about how well, you let, st- me, let me finish yeah. with my dad. Yeah, oh, yeah, when finish he, with the dad, sorry, yes. What he, when he was telling Sam, what he was telling Sam is, I'm, I'm going to choose to stay with what I believe in. Uh-huh. Great friends, love you, now that went deep with us. Yes. Because my dad not only talked it, but walked it. He mm. modeled it for us. So to fast forward, that type of blunt, bold, living large in front of your face got in us mm. and me in particular that you can be who you are. My father would tell us when we would go other places to our grandmother's house or to someone else's house, he would always look at us and say, be yourself. Mm. And what that meant to us was act like you belong to him. Don't get with someone and get new and start behaving like they behave. Be yourself. And that was a mantra to us. We had to be who we were. And so that, that went through everything. We had opportunity after opportunity to change the style or the mode of music. We had opportunity. Uh, hey, we were with everybody. We sang on Michael Jackson's album, and, and Quincy Jones sent us different kind of music. and said, no, we can't sing that. We can't sing that. No, that we got to stay true to who we are. And finally, he sent us Man in the Mirror, and that was the hit of Michael Jackson's album. Um, we could sing on that. We, we, we were with Quincy Jones. We've been with everybody from Whitney Houston to, to uh, Barry White to Isaac, uh, Isaac Hayes, to you name them in the music industry, and Nancy Wilson, and, and, and we were able to maintain who we were based on the example that was before us. So I understood, and, and I have to say this, Dr. Jolly, that I understood that I was more than what people had framed me to be. Absolutely. Amen. And, Amen. and once you understand that, not allowing people to peg you, to put you in one box and tell you, oh, you're a singer, oh, you're a musician, that's all you can do. No, no, I can think. And 
if I have the brain and understand my capacity to think beyond what people want me to do, then I can be whatever I want to be. And that was my understanding. Uh, even in a religious circle, oh, are you a singer or are you a preacher? Well, I really don't have to choose. That's right. Uh, <laughs> right. I, I can be both. Right. Uh, and then in the business world, they wanted to keep you, well, we'll, we'll have a lawyer do this and do that. No, I'm going to understand that I choose the lawyer based on what my vision is. Yes. And when you think, you can be strong. When you think, you can be rich. When you think, you cannot, you can move beyond and not be limited in what folk tell you to do. And so that was uh, the example that I had because folk would tell us we cannot make records, we cannot sell records if you just sing gospel. And I would tell them, okay, watch me. Wow. And what God did was allow us to tap in, not to my mother's religion, but to my own relationship. Yes. And the songs that we sang came out of our relationship with God as a 12-year-old, 13, 14, teenager, young adult, and to the youthful age that I am now. So the point is that if you think, the Bible says it, that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if I allow myself to meditate on what God has given me, then that is what I become. You know, I love the fact that you have become not just what we had known you as a singer, but you put a comma there where other people want to put a period. And you said, Excellent. no, I got, well a, I got well a comma here and I got to preach. Can you preach? Yeah, there's a comma there. Well, c yeah. What about this uh, uh, charter school uh, empire you've built? Oh, that's a comma there. What about being a, a builder of buildings? That's a comma there. What about being yeah. a real estate in, uh, investor when Detroit was just, oh, wow, we got to talk about that. There's a comma yeah. there. And then what about running and managing people? <laughs> you got a staff of yep. people. Well, there's a comma there. And so what I loved about it, and let me tell you one other thing, folks. Humble and gracious and disarming. I think that's the right word because <laughs> the, the great ones are always disarming. They, they, their celebrity, they know their celebrity is something that can make people uptight and, uh, and, 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 you know, get rigid. But the great ones disarm you. They let you know that they just, they just bobo from the community. You know, they just, they just yeah, one you, of us. You said something and you said, uh, people ask, how did I, uh, I guess because it was very, very, very hurtful, very, very, um, I don't think I've gotten over it yet. Uh, and when it happened, I was receiving, uh, calls from UP, uh, I, from the Associated Press, from, uh, all the news agencies, CNN, uh, CBS, ABC, all, all of the NBC, all MSNBC, all of the new Fox, they were calling because they wanted to tell me or ask me about Whitney Houston. Mm. And it was so hurtful because 
the last time I saw Whitney was probably Whitney passed in February. Uh-huh. And, um, and I had seen her for the last time in November because she came to church. Whenever Whitney would come to Detroit, she would call me and she would come to church. She said, I gotta go to church. And she was filming the movie Sparkle. Oh. And, uh, she called and she came that Sunday and, and, you know, she sat on the second row and then she hugged me and she said, can I go speak to mama? And can I go speak to Squeeze, which is a lady of our church, which sang actually with her mama, uh, Sissy and, uh, really new school, uh, Nip as a baby uh-huh. and helped raise. So she went up there and spoke. And then I preached. She sat for the whole sermon and then she left after I, uh, had done the altar appeal. And she stepped on that step, and I never will forget it, Dr. Jolly. She mm. looked at me and threw that billion-dollar smile, blew me a kiss, and I had no idea that would be the last time that I would see Whitney Houston. Wow. Wow. Um, and so when I talked to her mom, Sissy, I said, Mom, she said, well, I'm calling you because you was Whitney's pastor. Wow. And that's what Whitney would call me. She would say, you my pastor, and I would tell her she's my missionary. Amen. And Amen. We would we would laugh and talk, and she was a sister. When that night, that fateful night happened, I called my mom to see if she was okay, and she said, I don't know why I feel like I just lost a child. I said, because you did. Wow. Then you, you gave a word at that message. That was a tremendous... Well, when yeah. I talked to her mom... Uh, sissy, uh, she said, well, you got to preach this funeral. Folks wanted to have it, you know, make a big spectacle of it. She said, no, we're going to have it at the church and you're going to preach her funeral. Uh, and, uh, then you're going to sing, let the church say amen. She said, boy, I'm going to talk to you. Well, don't make no sense for you to sing like that. My, my, my. And we laughed. And, uh, that's what happened. I remember one time I was in uh, England and Nip, uh, I'm sorry, Whitney had happened to be over there and she said, she called me pastor and she said, pastor, they don't, they don't understand. You know, folks tell me that how does it feel to be Whitney Houston? And she didn't understand that question mm. because she was always that little girl from New Jersey, mm. that, uh, that bright eyed, uh, little girl from New Jersey that had an extraordinary voice. And so we would talk about that. We would talk about, I mean, when she, when people don't understand that I was the one that married her and Bobby Brown. Wow. And, and I didn't know that. that. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. She came to me with the family was on tour and she was filming the bodyguards. So she was at this big mansion somewhere out in, in, in California and she had dinner. We had Aunt Bay who would cook. Oh man, she cook. I mean, soul food. And we over there. And she called me in the room by herself. And she said, uh, we were at the piano. And she said, uh, I want to get married. I said, Nip, I heard that. You want to marry Bobby Brown for real? <laughs> and, uh, and she just began, she got very quiet. And she, she got, I said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm sorry. She loved him. And she said, he's the only one that has touched my heart. 
Wow. And uh, we talked about that, and I said, well, I'll marry you. She said, because, and th- these were her words, Dr. Jolly, I never will forget it. She said, because I want to have a real marriage. Wow. And I said, well, I'll marry you, but I don't marry people that I don't counsel. So y'all going to have to come in for counseling. She said, okay, I'll fly you to New Jersey or we'll come to Detroit. And she did that. Wow. And uh, so I was there. I'm the one that, that, that consummated the nuptials for uh, Whitney and um, uh, uh, Bobby. And uh, so she would come. So that day, you know, when they asked me to preach, I, I remember the Lord telling me, even before uh, Sissy had called me and said, she, the Lord told me, said, "This is you're going to preach the funeral, and this is what you preach." Wow! And 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 that day, I never will forget it. Uh, uh, after the funeral, um, I began to get letters from Sweden, from. Holland, from England, from Germany, people saying they had lost hope, they had stopped going to church, but when they heard the message that I preached, they were going back to church. Amen. And um, it's those type of things where you don't allow people to box you in. Don't let them box you in. feel that you can only do this. We had an opportunity uh, 20 years ago now to start a charter school in the city of Detroit, in the city of Detroit, and we started it with one school, and now we have three schools. Wow! We we've employed up to two hundred people just on the school side. Wow! The very people that told us we couldn't do it, and you know, making it a uh, Republican and Democratic issue. Uh, the Detroit school system, the Detroit public school system, they fought me. Radio hosts, they fought me. Uh, but the same public school system asked me to take a school. And I went in and took a school, and it was destined to be closed. And now that school is off the priority list. Wow. Um, we To understand that we needed to have ownership. We started the Solid Rock Management Company, which manages our schools. Um, we we recognize as a pastor that the the fastest growing population of homelessness was women, mm. and so we opened up the Amelia Agnes Transitional Home for Women, and um, it has been going for 15, 16 years. Wow! Um, it, it, it the the amazing thing is that, no, we don't carry a horn and toot what we've done for the past uh, almost 30 years. But we have been consistent and faithful. We refuse to sleep, to allow things to happen in our communities. We fought the proliferation of, of strip clubs in the city of Detroit. We uh, fought the proliferation of marijuana dispensaries in the city of Detroit because our children deserve better. It's mm. not about me. I've never smoked weed, mm. so I don't have a hang-up. It's about our children. Right. And uh, that's why we fight, and that's why we stand against certain things, because I see our children dying, 
and being told that they can only do this. We started the school and we put violin in the hands of our children and we've been award winning. When I tell you award winning, we took our children, which was 99% black African American. And the next thing I know, Dr. Jolly, our children are singing in the Vatican, in Rome, in Latin. Wow. 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 I'm telling you, folks, he's he's getting he just giving you a little taste, just the tip of the iceberg of what he has built in Detroit. And uh, in a and he did not leave the hood. That's the other thing. You did not leave the hood. You could have, but you built your ministry right on the east side of Detroit, and you're reaching to the people who are homeless, to the the, the people who are uh, hopeless, and you're reaching to them, bringing them in. You got the the home for women that was so pr- profound. Now, uh, before I go any further, I want people because there's some people who are listening who say, you know what, he has blessed me already just by what I've heard. I want to I want to know more about him. I want to be involved with something. I might want to make a donation to his ministry and his church uh, to help in this process. Where do they, you know, learn more about perfecting church and about your ministry? They can go to the website www.perfectingchurch.org. They there they will find uh, the history of our church. They will find uh, what we're doing, they can stay current. They can also give. Uh, uh, there's an app, uh, a push pay app, where whenever they can wake up at three o'clock in the morning and give to Perfecting Church. Uh, we've had some people just uh, maybe two weeks ago. Someone came and saw and sold. Uh, $25,000. Wow. We have people that have given $100,000. Folk can can catch on to what we're doing, and you can give as little as $25,000. I tell our church, it's a, it's a cinch by the inch. It's just hard by the yard. There you if go. Everyone, if everyone gives and everyone donates and everyone believes and sows, uh, then we we reach our goal. Well, you know, the Bible says, and I've learned that you, you want to give into good ground. You want to put into yes. good ground. You want to put into people who are doing things, who are not just saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to get a bigger McMansion. I'm going to put this money into the hood, into the community, into our children. We want our children to be able to play the violin in the Vatican. We want them to speak Latin. We want them to be excellent in their educational pursuits. We want them to stay away from drugs and violence. We want them to pursue the, uh, a higher consciousness. And we, we have to do it. The, the Calvary's not coming, folks. The Calvary's not coming around the corner. That's yeah, right. That's right. That's we right. got to do it for ourselves. And when you find something that's good, you pour into good ground. So I was there. Look, folks, this is not something I'm telling you that I heard about, that I read about. I went to Detroit, yeah. speaking in Detroit, spoke at the church and I got to see it firsthand to experience the excitement, the enthusiasm in this service, to see the people just love on their each other. They're kind to each other. They're courteous. It was chain. <laughs> it was off the chain. So you got to go, folks. If you're in Detroit, I would recommend you even make a trip out there and go to Perfecting Church, spend a Sunday there. And uh, and, and then you got a tw- uh, three o'clock service that you can hear on um, live on what what uh, what station is that? That the three- uh, it's, it's 
WCHB. WCHB. Which is an historically black, it was started by black people. Uh, uh, it's not that way anymore, but it's WCHB. Okay. Uh, 1340. 1340. Okay, great. So you can listen at 3 o'clock. AM on 3 o'clock on Sunday. Now, what we want to talk about, uh, he is a businessman. He told, you know, we got this charter schools. They, they built these very successful charter schools, so successful that the, the public schools gave them one of their schools that was on the list to be closed to do, turn around, which they did. They've got the home for the, uh, the, the, the uh, homeless women. They've got this new building they're building, which is a huge edifice. That's going to seat, I think, 4,400 uh, 4, people. Am I right? Yeah. And that it that's has right. something for everybody. There has a, a place for people to have weddings. It has a place for people to have community affairs. It has a place for people to have homes. I mean, it's just a, a long version. Now, why I want to say that is because there's a business acumen behind all of this. This wasn't just a guy who just said, okay, let me bump around and figure it out. He has some business Acumen. My wife has said he's one of the most profound businessmen she's seen. We want to talk. We're going to take a break in a, in a moment, but we want to talk about your business philosophy, your business strategy, how you see the world from a business perspective. And and what I like to ask my guests to do is, when you were standing in a room, let's say in Howard University, and this was a business class of young hopeful entrepreneurs who want to start businesses that make a difference and make a profit, what lessons, what strategies, what advice would you give them? So we're going to come after the break, and I'm just going to let you just say some of the things that you would tell a class. And then we're going to also talk about where people can access your uh, uh, the, the greater vision, where they can access the greater good that is coming down the road, because there's some big things coming down the road for Marvin Winans, Perfecting Church, and for the ministry. So this is Dr. Willie Jolly. I got my special guest, the one and only Bishop Elect, Pastor Marvin L. Winans. And let me tell you, folks, he does sing uh, that Let the Church Say Amen. He sings that like nobody's business. He sings tomorrow, but he is not just singing about tomorrow. He's doing tomorrow today. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and for sure, your best is yet to come. Life had enough ups and downs. But Lord, since I met you. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and for years I've told people that in order to have a greater life, it starts by having greater individual days. If you have a great day and you repeat that great day seven times, you've had a great week. And you repeat that week four times, you've had a greater month. And then repeat that month 12 times, you've had a greater year and you're on your way to a greater life. And it starts with that individual day. I recommend you start each day with something powerful. I call it the pure, the powerful, and the positive. Rather than starting your day with bad news, how many people got killed or how many children got snatched or how many fires there were, I recommend you start your day with something to inspire and empower and encourage you to make this day a great day. We're excited to announce the start of Jolly TV on my Facebook page. Go to Willie Jolly, Willie.Jolly on Facebook. Just go to Willie.Jolly on Facebook and get ready for a great day and a great life. Have a great day on purpose.
Dr. Willie Jolly. For those who don't know, I'm just assuming that uh, everybody knows, but let me just give for those who might not know who our guest is today and what's also why people are so excited about him. His name is Marvin L. Winans. He and his brothers created a group out of Detroit, Michigan that went on to become the greatest gospel group I think of all times, uh, they are Grammy Award winners. But see, what we usually saw with gospel Grammy winners, they stayed in the gospel arena. They were in the gospel section of the record store. No, these guys, they went, <laughs> they went on to be in the pop section, the R&B section. They crossed over, and they have had hit after hit after hit. They, uh, they had Tomorrow, Let My People Go, Decisions, the, the, the Wine is Live at Carnegie Hall, Return, All Out, Heart and Soul, Christmas, I Give to You, Introducing Perfected Praise, Friends, the songs of Marvin Wines. He did a solo album. And then, of course, the song Let the Church Say Amen, which still uh, people are moved by. So they, and he's also had a recurring role in the show uh, House of Pain with Ty, Tyler Perry. So he's an actor, a singer, but he's also, and a pastor, but he's a businessman extraordinaire. I'm telling you, folks, he is a businessman who wants to turn a city that was devastated. It was devastated after the collapse of the auto industry some years ago and factory chain, uh, shutting down. It was devastated. Uh, and looked like we, you see blocks. When I went there years ago, blocks and blocks just looked like somebody had bombed it. I mean, just looked like somebody had bombed it out. So you said you were not leaving. You're going to stay in the hood. Tell us your business philosophy. What created the thinking that created this empire that you've started? Well, what happens most of the time is that you have a talent, you have a gift, uh, whether it's singing, cooking, uh, building uh, a widget, whatever it is. And what I discovered is that in the city of Detroit, which was predominantly black and still is, uh, 79 to 81% African-American, but we didn't own anything. Mm. So if I were to have a business class, and I've been an adjunct professor at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, uh, I would say the first thing you have to do is you have to have ownership. Mm. You have to understand ownership. Mm. What, I, what I noticed being uh, my father, my brother, uh, Ronald, Carvin, and myself, we all worked for Ford in mm. the same Romeo tractor plant at the same time. Wow. You know, even though we were singing, we, we had to eat. So, <laughs> again, again you, you, you have to work. Right. And what, what I discovered in all of the, when, when Toyota had this massive recall, Mr. Toyota got on and said, we're going to do this and we're going to make sure everyone is correct. And his business people said, no, you'll go bankrupt. He said, no, I'm going to do it. It may be a company to you, but my name is on it. Mm. And so when you have ownership, you take greater care and greater concern. Mm. Um, and so what we had to do when it came to 
our businesses, when it came to our songs, when it came to our publishing company, when it came to our management company, I felt we need to own it because people are going to go to go so far, not rent it. It's amazing that people will rent a house and own a car. Mm. You know, they don't understand the power of ownership. So that's the first thing. Uh huh. Uh, then you have to understand that it extends beyond you. Mm. And you have to see it multi-generational. Folk will live only for the time in which they live. And yet, no matter how much money you have, you cannot take it with you. Mm. So you have to understand that there has to be a replacement of me for success without a successor is failure. Mm. If it stops with me, if it ends with me, then I did not do it correctly. Mm. Um, What I've learned is that if I'm going to own it, then I have to give the biggest advancement and the biggest investment up front. Mm. If I live for right now, then everything happens immediately. If I have vision for tomorrow, then it's okay. I'm going to be doing this 20, 30 years. So I need to cast, as the Bible says, my bread upon the water. And after many days, it's going to return unto me. Yes. So as a business person, you have to start out like you can hold out. Mm. You have to put things together that are going to bless not only, and I'm, I'm being re- very religious in my terminology, but you have to invest so that it will bring a return years to come. Right. Uh, the first thing they tell you in investing is that you have to take a test to see what type of invest investor you are. Are you a risk taker? Are you a long-term investor? And that's what they tell you. If you're going to be on the stock market, you have to go, you have to ride that, you have to ride that wave. Right. You can't withdraw all your money because you lose some. Right. You have to have vision to see that it's going to return. And so that's what I would say. What I saw in Detroit, and I would tell people, I'm going to heaven from Detroit. And so that's the reason I'm there. The truth of the matter is most of my brothers and sisters don't live in Detroit, other than my eldest brother. Uh, I'm the only whining that still lives in Detroit, me and my mom. Right. But that's what I saw. Hmm. I have a brother that lives, and my twin brother lives in Toronto. My uh, BBCC, Angie, Debbie, they live in Nashville. My uh, brother Daniel lives in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, my brother Michael lives in California. So I had to hang in there. Yep. <laughs> and, and make an investment that said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to leave Detroit better than when I found. Wow. Now that's what I love. So he has done that. He's doing that for, uh, we got a couple minutes left in the interview. I want to make sure people know, uh, a couple things. One, and then I'm going to give them where they can reach you. Uh, he, he, he got a vision. God gave him a vision to build a church. He started with eight people in his home. 
and now he has a huge congregation and has a beautiful uh, uh, building that has a school and has all sorts of uh, 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 resources there for people to come in and get food and all sorts of things. But he's building something bigger, and it is yes. incredible. He's building something that's big, bigger. We, we started perfecting Fellowship International. Uh, which has churches. We have churches in South Africa. We have churches in England. We have churches throughout the United States. And our vision is to have people come learn, because if I teach you to fish, you eat for a day. But if I, I mean, if I feed you a fish, you eat for a day. But if I teach you to fish, you can eat for a lifetime. And so we want to have people come from all over the world. We're working with pastors and leaders uh from 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 various countries in Zimbabwe, in South Africa, in Nigeria, in Kenya. Um, uh, and so we're we're trying to teach people the principles that God has taught us, that we've learned from other people, and putting them back out and and watching lives change. And you and, have done and, that. Oh, my God. I got to get one more thing I learned. This is the most important thing I told my prayer partner uh, I learned. He said, what, what, well, how was your weekend? I said, I had the most incredible time out with uh, Bishop Winans. But there's one thing I learned. Now, when he started this big church or started building it, that he had been given a loan from a bank. Two banks, actually. Two banks, two two banks, banks came banks, together. Yeah, yeah. And then he said, they said, well, we're going to do the loan. And, and he bought the, the steel. He made the order, $3 million for the steel. And then they pulled the loan. Yeah. Pulled the loan. And everybody said, what are you going to do now? Oh, my goodness. And he said, well, they didn't. The, the Lord didn't tell the banks to build the building. The Lord told me to build a building. Build a building. We're moving forward. I'm doing it. And he's done it by cash. And that's what I learned was you got to faith your way through. You got to faith your way through. Not fight your, just fight it. You got to faith your way through. That fired me up, brother. That fired me (laughs) up. So we got one minute left. Tell people, if they want to be part of this movement that you're doing globally, the impact, where do they get involved? Where do they reach you? Where do they donate? Again, the easiest way to do it would be by the World Wide Web, www.perfectingchurch, P-E-R-F-E-C-T-I-N-G-C-H-U-R-C-H dot O-R-G, perfectingchurch dot O-R-G. I will be, we have a website, we have Facebook, we have uh, Twitter, you can follow me at Pastor Winan, um, at Marvin L. Winans, um, and 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 we will will certainly let you know how we're moving. The church is moving ahead. We've we've actually put like twelve, thirteen million cash dollars from churches and people that have contributed that are members of our church, and we're we're looking to finish this wonderful, uh, beautiful, exorbitant, profound building that are going to house ministries that are going to change lives of children, men and women around the globe. It's the truth, folks. Well, Bishop, 
Elect Pastor Winans, my dear friend, thank you for being on with me today. Thank you. You have blessed thank me, you. and I'm grateful for your friendship. And folks, y'all go to perfectingchurch.org, and then go to willyjolly.com, and, yes. and get some of the resources we have in jollymarriage.com. And remember, for sure, your best is yet to come. Have a great week on purpose. Are you tired of crying and complaining? Tired of feeling like life don't treat you fair? Do you see so many others moving on? Are you steady going nowhere? Have you made me come to Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and people often ask, how did I go from a broke, busted nightclub singer to become a best-selling author and to be voted one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International? The answer is that I decided to invest and change my thinking, invest in my mindset, and decided to change my inputs because inputs determine outputs. I heard about a seminar years ago when I was just getting started. I was making about $100 a speech, and I heard this seminar that was creating millionaires, and it cost $10,000, but the guy was getting results. I didn't have that kind of money, but I decided to borrow it because I learned that there's a price for success, the price of college, the price of going to school, the price of education. There's a price for success, and then there's a cost for not paying the price, the cost of staying the same. And that cost is greater than the price. It's too expensive. And so I went, and it changed my life, and I came back and quickly made $100,000. I heard a similar story from Dr. Dave Martin, how he went to a success rally, heard a speaker who inspired him. He and his friend said, wow, that's changed my life. The speaker had a package of materials to help build wealth. The package cost $1,500, and that was all the money Dr. Dave had to his name. Dr. Dave's friend asked, do you think this stuff is worth it? Dr. Dave thought for a moment. He said, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But I do know that I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He invested that money in that package and used the materials to grow his thinking. He grew his mindset. He shared how that $1,500 investment has gone on to generate millions in revenues. He's a multimillionaire. And he has homes now in Arizona and Florida. I want to say to you, it's time to invest in you. I want to give you some materials that will help you grow you. Grow your mindset. Grow your future. Grow your finances. Go to WJSpeaks.com. Dot com slash billionaire wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get some materials that will inspire your success and will help you find that there's a price for success but there's a cost for not paying the price and the cost is always greater than the price go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire and get the bag the box or any of the materials there and keep growing your wealth and remember as a man thinketh so as he is and your best is yet to come This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.